It's big announcement time. Drum roll, please. We are going on tour. Just, 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 yeah. Northern News, live around the north. Of course it's around the north. We're not doing any southern dates on this tour. No way. We are going to the big ones, our big ones in the north. We're going Sheffield. 23rd of June. We're going Hull. 26th of June. We're going Leeds. 27th of June. And we're rounding it off in Manchester. On the 28th of June. What a week. Oh, my God. I, we've done some live shows yeah. in Edinburgh and London. And we love them so much. They are so much fun. We do little fun headlines. There's slides, there's visuals. Oh, it's brilliant. We can't wait to do it and we can't wait to see you there. We'll see you in person. You'll see us in person. You'll see our faces. You'll <laughs> see whatever attempt at merch I've cobbled together in a shed. <laughs> so get your tickets now for the Northern News live tour at plosive.co.uk. That is P-L-O-S. I-V-E-C-O.uk. We're going to get chunked out of our beans. Let's do it. In the market for investment worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hello and welcome to Northern News, a podcast with me, Amy Gledhill. And me, Ian Smith. I come from the northern town of Ghoul. And you might be able to tell from my accent, I come from Hull. And to our shame, we have been living in London now for ages. Too long, and we want to catch up with all the news that's been going on up north. This is Northern Northern News. Hello and welcome to Northern News. We're back. We're back. It's Amy and Ian. Ian and Amy. Smith and Gladhill. I I didn't know what to add. No, that was good. Sometimes I've got to realise that things are good. You don't (laughs) need to add everyone's surname (laughs) into it. I do it all the time. Love making. (laughs) Yeah, just say say our surnames out loud at the end. At the end? Yeah. Ah, Smith and Bleep. Oh. Is that her surname? <laughs> you know Stacey Bleep. <laughs> Amy, what have you been up to this week? Um, oh, Ian, <laughs> you said that with a little bit of a downturn in the voice. That's how I speak now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> how horrible would it be to listen to a podcast by someone who finishes every sentence like that? <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I might do that when we have a guest on. Oh. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Ian. It's just an in a bit of a glump. Anyway, what I've done, Ian, mm? I spoke on the phone to a solicitor. Uh-oh. Ian, I've never had to deal with a solicitor before. Mm. Have you? No. Solicitors, if you're listening, why are you such troublesome little fuckers? <laughs> What's your game? What do you wake up and think, this is what I'm going to do with my day? What, just mess people around willy-nilly? It's like they wake up and the game is, how can I avoid doing a simple thing? 
that I could just do in two minutes, but I'm not going to do it for two months. And it's a game. And you're chasing them around the internet. You're chasing them around on your mobile phone. You're going into the office. They're slippery. I think you've had a full breakdown then. <laughs> when people say, is this a game to you, they've usually lost their heads completely. What do you think? Is this a game? <laughs> No, usually looking around, like, looking for the TV camera. Am I being punked? Am I? Am I a punk to you? Am I a dice that you roll for your game? Do I have a six written on my back and a one on my chest? Maybe this is why she's not responding to my emails anymore. Yeah. You just send a voice notes like that. I'm very patient. No, that's not right. I'm thick. So, so I don't know when I'm being taken advantage of. Yeah. So I've let this go on. Basically, Ian, what, seven, eight weeks ago, I put all my worldly possessions in storage. Yeah. And I packed a tiny suitcase, like a flight bag, what would fit in even a Ryanair oh. carry-on. Like it's a tiny little suitcase. Yeah. And I packed that because I thought I was going to be without a home for five days. Yeah. Ian, seven or eight weeks has passed and I'm still oh, just living no. out this little suitcase because the solicitor won't do a couple of documents. Because she's too busy playing a sick game. She's, playing, she's like sore. But she yeah. sat in her office going, <laughs> how can I not do it again today? And the excuse is, Ian, I've never heard anything like it. Really? Yeah, internet's down. What, in the whole of London? Hotspot it. System's down. What system? One, once she just said, oh, I went home early. You can't just say that. I'm living out of a suitcase. Yeah. I can't live out of a suitcase anymore, Ian. So what What? Mm. What do you, What? how are you going to solve this problem? Well, I shall roll my dice. <laughs> if I get two doubles, I'll go around to that solicitor's. Yeah. And I'll smash it to bits. <laughs> I'll smash it to bits and, and they'll be like, why, why, why are you doing this? That's my computer. Let Gladil in the house. Some kind of sick game. Well, two people can play sick games. <laughs> and I'll have a Monopoly board in my hand and I'll oh, eat yeah, it. Nice. Oh, I'm going nice. to eat it just to intimidate her. Oh, that's lovely. <sighs> oh, right. do you know what? I think you've taken that too far, actually. Really? She's only trying to do a job, Ian. And that's how I calm people down. <laughs> <laughs> that was lovely. You played a little game. And you won, but Thank we you. both won because now I'm calm and I'm happy to live out of a suitcase. Ian, mm-hmm. what the hell have you been up to this week? Someone who works near the self-service checkouts in Morrison's complimented my jacket. Oh, big week. I didn't realise you should have said. Out of the blue. Oh. They went, um, hey, I like your jacket. And I was like, ah, thanks, man. And I couldn't think what to say. And I said, um, your uniform's cool. Oh, sounds um, like a neg. Yeah. It sounds a little bit like a neg, doesn't well, it? I didn't mean that. I just no, meant I like, what do I say? Usually give someone a compliment back. But um, they're wearing a uniform. So I, um, what am I going to do then? Yeah. Just compliment their essence or their face? You can't. Mm, you can't. Be like, you've got a nice jacket. Or you've got lovely eyes. Make me want to swim inside them. <laughs> or um, I love your nose. No, you can't do it. Wouldn't mind that. shoving two fingers up your nostrils okay. and leading you around the shop. Okay, right, we've gone, we've gone... Well, this is what I'm saying, Amy, you can't compliment someone's face. No, you could say, 
I bet you've got a nice jacket. No, that's even weirder. I bet, I bet you've got a nice jacket at home. That yeah. sounds more patronising. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? I bet you've got some lovely clothes back at your house where it, you're allowed to wear your own ones. It'd suit you. I'd like to see you wearing my jacket. Yeah. So all I had, all I had was uniform. <laughs> yeah. No, you and I did think, there. I think the Morrison uniform is a nice one. And I thought green. they were wearing it well. Like a like a sort of forest green. Yeah, like a forest green. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? It looked like they were emerging oh. from the moss. Oh, it's to pay beautiful. compliments to the other forest animals. Was it the jacket I saw you in yesterday? Because that's a lovely jacket. No. Oh, oh it he's was. Got, he's got multiple lovely jackets, listeners. A corduroy collared Vans jacket. Oh yes. Oh, it is lovely. Mm, thank you. Oh, it really is, perked it is more me up. A shirt. And you know what? It perked me up so much that when I was weighing um, some of my veg, yeah. I weighed them properly. I didn't <laughs> keep my hand on them a bit to, to lift a bit of the weight off. <laughs> you get a 1p leak because you're just holding it either side. Shut that door. What's happening up north? What's happening up north, Ian? So I've brought two stories okay. um, because they're similar, even though they are committed miles apart so one happened in Whitley Bay and one happened in Bradford and what it is the theme of it is cheeky thieves cheeky thieves cheeky thieves we've had a lot of cheek but these are cheeky thieves okay okay now the first one in Whitley Bay the headline is man fined for stealing android tablet from Johnny Kennedy charity shop in Whitley Bay and you think oh no that's more than cheeky. That's just unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. You don't see a lot of tablets in charity shops. You don't see a lot of tablets in mm. charity shops. But the, what makes him so cheeky is he tried to return it eight days later because he couldn't work it. Uh, he didn't know how to get it to work, so he's taking it back complaining. What, so he's tried to complain he's to, get, what, to get them it. to fix it? Yeah, and then he's, he's taking it home. He's gone, oh, I can't bloody work this thing. Tried to take it back. For a refund? Yeah, they've gone, you can't... You nicked this... <laughs> It's a thick thief. It's a it's a thick thief. Oh, it's hard to say. Thick thief. Thick thief. Thick thief. Mm-hmm. Keith the thick thief. Uh, his name's not Keith, is it? No, it's Christopher. It was only thirty three. So uh, Houston, the thirty three year old, was recognised by staff from the CCTV footage when mm. he tried to hand it back in, and the police were called. And then he said, "Oh, I'd forgotten I'd put the tablet in my bag actually." And then. Yeah, and then I guess I've realised I haven't paid any money for it. You can't get away with that, mate. But why? You just don't put stuff in your bag when you're shopping. No. No. Oh, just shove it all in my rucksack. Yeah. <laughs> empty out my rucksack at the end of the shop. Yeah. So that's that's the Whitley Bay one. Mm. But Ian, there's more. Because in the same week I found in Bradford, somebody has stolen something so big that as they were stealing it, it stopped the traffic. <laughs> you have to be so bold to think, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna nick this. And as you're dragging it across the road, it's stopping the traffic. Right. Can you guess what it was? Oh, so they're I was gonna say a tractor, but they're they're dragging it. They're dragging it. Um, I can tell you it's five foot tall what they've nicked. Someone who was working in the shop? No, it's not a person. <laughs> Big roll of carpet? No, no. If you get it, I'll give you £250,000. 25 punnets of strawberries, sellotaped. Oh, my God, you've got it. Yes! No, you haven't. It was, of course, and everyone at home will be screaming at their TVs. <laughs> I 
like going, I know it, I know it. But turn off who wants to be a millionaire and listen properly to the podcast. What it is, is a five foot tall velociraptor. Uh, what would it's you a, say that? <laughs> you were about to say it, I know. It's this big look, it's this big metal um, statue. Oh yeah, you would nick that. They've nicked, they've nicked that, they've nicked the dino. I could see why you'd want it. Mm. But where are you going to put it? Because you've nicked it. It looks like it, you've nicked it from like a pub car park or something. Where are you putting it? Yeah, it'd have to be indoors. Otherwise, people would be like, I yeah. recognise that Velociraptor from like one they got in the park. Like the one they used to have in the park. i tell you where it was. It wasn't in a park. It was in the beer garden of Harry's Carvery. Oh. Oh, let the Carvery have a dinosaur. You might be thinking, why has it got a dinosaur? That's not the important question. It's not your business. It had one. <laughs> It should get to keep it. <laughs> um, the police became aware because the thieves caused disruption to traffic as they ran off with the model around 7.30am. They've set their mm. alarm to do this. Yeah. If the carver is busy at 7.30am, then what's happened? 7.30am <laughs> carvery breakfast. Oh, breakfast roast. Oh, don't mind that, actually. Yeah, I probably would eat that it. That sounds but... quite good, actually. Mm. Yeah, because instead of bacon, you've got ham. Yeah, well, let's um, <laughs> let's see if they open up early. Might do that tomorrow. Toby Carberry for my breakfast. Um, its feet had been left attached to the plinth, and later that day, the remains of the model's head were found smashed nearby. Oh. They're not even bloody going to use it. If you're going to nick it, the very minimum you should do is have it in your bedroom, yeah. in the downstairs toilet. You've got to use. You've, you've got, got to use it. Use it. Earlier, a nine-foot section of a 17-feet-tall velociraptor was also snapped off and stolen from the same location. Uh, Harry's Calvary have gone to the trouble of giving you multiple dinosaurs. They're recreating their very own Jurassic Park in there. mm. And what thanks are they getting? You're nicking the plinths, you're nicking the dinos, you're smashing their heads in. Sergeant Gary Shelton, you know him? Yeah. Yeah, obviously from the Spen and Batley neighbourhood policing team. He's really, he's really mm. onto something here. It's believed the same suspects were also responsible for stealing the tail of a larger 17-foot velociraptor. Makes sense, Okay, it? so he's piecing bits together that I would never mm. have got to there. He's thinking, wait a minute, the plinth's gone, the dino's head's gone, and now her tail's gone. I think this is the same bloody people doing this. That's how you get to his level in policing. I just could, yeah. I'd have been like... Um, the velociraptor must have come alive, yeah, but only its head come alive, yeah, and the head's tried to get off its body, yeah, but the head couldn't live on its own, yeah, and it's eating its tail, right? <laughs> it's another good theory. It is a good yeah. theory. And then I put my hand down in the meeting and just go, "Shall I shut up again?" <laughs> Do you want me to leave again now? Stand in corner. So that's what's been happening in the north. Cheeky, cheeky thieves. Mm. Who's died? You're not going to believe this. Oh, what? My story, it's almost about a cheeky opposite of a thief. A cheeky, law-abiding citizen (laughs) bringing in a thief. (laughs) This is about thieves. It's about criminals. The opposite of a thief is a giver. I guess so. This guy's giving a criminal to the police. What a gift. This is Batman hands over wanted man to police and then disappears. This is in Bradford. Oh! There's a man dressed as Batman in Bradford. He's actually he, dressed as Batman. He's dressed as... Are you kidding? No, no, no. I'll show you a little picture here. 
There's a man dressed as Batman. He's handed a, a oh, criminal God. into the police station. Wait, well, you need to paint the picture of this Batman because it's not what I was picturing in my head. What were you thinking? I was picturing a man in sort of like a quite realistic Batman costume. No, this guy's in the sort of Batman costume you get for like a Halloween from the early days of Batman. If you picture David Jason as Derek Trotter when he's dressed yeah. as Batman, you are 95% of the way there. Yeah. But it doesn't fit him properly. It looks like a onesie mm. and it's a bit sort of baggy in places, a bit tight in places. Yeah, you can see what side his, his penis um, okay. rests oh, towards. God. Oh, good. Um, and which is it? Um, hang on. His <laughs> right-hand side. Okay, lovely. <laughs> um, but this man is due in court, charged with handling stolen goods after the unknown vigilante who is wearing the traditional superhero mask, body armour and cape, um, it's not wearing armour, it's all soft. It's a onesie. Um, but he's walked into a police station and handed him over. And no. he remains unknown to this day. So there's an actual Batman in Bradford? There's, there's the Bradford Batman. The Bradman. When, when was this story? This was 2013, so he'd have to be still doing it for 10 years. The Bradford Batman. The Bratman. The Bradman. Bradman John. Bradman John. But yeah, he's um oh, and it's not the first time Batman has been called on to fight crime in the UK. In January, a man dressed as Batman put an end to a brawl in a chip shop in Stockport <gasps> with a little help from Buzz Lightyear. This is insane. They've let themselves be known, and they've actually posed for um a little photograph there. Wow! So they're having it's um, Batman and and Buzz Lightyear. Batman and Buzz Lightyear, the famous duo. Wow! But it all oh, this is someone saying it doesn't always go to plan. Um, as one real-life Batman in the US found out when he stopped by the police in full Batman attire, complete with his own Batmobile. But then there's a link to find out what actually happens there. Why am I having um, cliffhangers in a newspaper article? Oh, Where they going, no. didn't always go to plan. Click this yeah. link. No, I want to look Top the five one ways the being Batman doesn't always go to plan. You won't believe number four. Yeah, that's basically what it said. You've but been yeah. clickbaited. You're the bait and you've given your click freely. <laughs> You're the bait and, you, and you've the click. <laughs> um, but it's a very brief article. But yeah, just someone dressed up as Batman. I think that's fascinating. I don't know if I could be a vigilante because I'd be worried that I would pick off more than I could chew. Yeah. And you'd be like, um, come with me. And it's like, are you a registered police officer? No, I'm a man in a costume. <laughs> right, well, I'm going to punch you in the face real hard. Yep, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. But that criminal seems to have looked at Batman and gone, well, I'm not messing with him. Yeah, Batman. that's insane, because that criminal looks like he could have really battered Batman. Yeah. He's coasted off his reputation, Batman. What do they call it when, like, it's a chain restaurant and it's like, say, Subway. Franchise. Franchise. He's yeah. franchised out the vigilante. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he'll maybe be like, look, you do a bit of Batman work, I'll give you a, a batarang. What's a batarang? It's a, like a boomerang shape, like a bat. That he throws at people, he calls it a batarang. Is it a batarang? I think so. That's brilliant. I'll give you a little stun gun, some big hard gloves. Yeah. You go around fucking people up for me. Wow. Please. What would you call you... your vigilante from Hull? Oh, Hull, Hull Kogan. Because <laughs> I thought that's what it was called. I told you before, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was Hull Kogan. So I'd be Hull Kogan. Yeah. And maybe in a few years, hopefully, I'll be Hull Cougar. Hull Cougar? Yeah. What do you mean? Like an older woman that's oh, sexy. Right. So your hope is in a few in a few years <laughs> you'll be an old sexy woman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Wait, what's your problem with that? Are you saying 
in a few years I won't be old enough to be an older sexy woman or are you just saying like you're never going to be sexy no matter how old and haggard you are <laughs> but both okay um, no, All right. Amy, no you're that's young. Fine. you're young at I'm heart I'm young I'm young I'm a cougar cub you, I think you've got another 25 years before you could be a cougar don't be daft I think so and really? you've got to be like 50 or 60 isn't it do you think I think you've got to be 60 well, I, to be a cougar. I want, I want to be the youngest cougar of all time. <laughs> That's my new ambition. Yeah, you could do that. Might change my Twitter bio. My, sorry, now ex formerly Twitter bio. Yeah, yeah. To um, the youngest cougar. Youngest cougar. Young cougar. I don't know what a ghoul vigilante would be called. The ghoul of ghoul. <gasps> oh, yeah. And I'd dress up as a ghost. Could be ghoul finger. But ghoul finger was a bad guy. Also, what is ghoul finger? <laughs> it's a man with a really strong finger in ghoul. Oh, yeah. It's the finger of the law. No, what's what's the phrase? The long arm of the, the long law. The long arm of the law. The long <laughs> finger of the law. <laughs> he goes round and he says, with his big finger, he points and he says, you, you stop what you're doing now. I... I'm ghoul finger, and this is the finger of the law coming down on you. And he presses down on you, and you fall to the ground and go, ah, ghoul finger. But he pops his finger on your head. Yeah. And you fall down. Yeah. And you're like, ah. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Are you meant to be more scared of, of a frisbee that's got the shape of a bat on it? Yeah. Yeah, no, they're all, they're all ridiculous, really, aren't they? <laughs> Six pound for a pint. Hello, everyone. Hello. Just a quick thought that if you're enjoying the podcast, you can support us a little bit more on Patreon or Apple Subs. You can indeed, and it starts just £2.50 a month, and it's, it helps us carry on making the podcast, which we love doing so much. And it gives us a warm glow that actually means we don't need to use central heating. Please turn it off. Yeah, and in the summer, it's going to feel uncomfortable. <laughs> You get an extra, extra episode every week. You get all sorts of benefits and uh, you get the warm glow for knowing you're supporting your favourite podcasts to carry on, carrying on. <laughs> you can support the podcast. You get to hear more from us. I'd love that. How much? And now it's time for our special guest, Ivor Graham. And usually at this part of the show, we start with a little fact about where they're from. But according to Wikipedia... He's an enigma, born in Tokyo, schooled in Australia and Eton, studied French and Russian in Oxford and supports Swindon Town. So our first yes. question, Ivo, who are you? Where are you from? Is that an enigma or is that just um, <laughs> you know, an enigma for someone you know nothing about? Not lots of very diverse information. Um, <laughs> But um, but no, I'd, I'd say it's, it's, a, it's, a classic, um, it's a classic combination of my father's work and... Um, in the case of Swindon, my own sort of earthy pretensions. Ooh. Oh. As in, uh, I like being a lower league football fan and, and I love the kudos. <laughs> I mean, I was really planning to get some early points on the board here by talking about some of the northern football stadiums I've been to. Oh, my God, please oh, yeah. do. Because I'm all about the away days. I like to travel with the Swindon firm. Brackets, <laughs> I don't travel with them. Uh, brackets, <laughs> I barely interact with them during the game. But I like to be there with the Swindon firm. I like to work my way through the lower leagues. Last season alone, I went to Carlisle. I went to Rochdale. 
I went to Hartlepool. Oh, wow. And, um, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I, there's this sort of loose project that many football fans have uh, called uh, sort of doing the 92, the 92 football league teams in the top four divisions and going to all their grounds and hoping to make that, the, you know, the main focus of an otherwise miserable life. Uh, <laughs> but unfortunately, the problem with being in the fourth division right next to the sort of trap door to semi-professional football is that uh, both Rochdale and Hartlepool were relegated at the end of last year. And yeah. um, Barry, whose gig lane I went to, they sort of went into administration. So it's, uh, no sooner have I ticked these uh, these places off, then they become irrelevant to the project. Oh, <laughs> you're like Gordon Ramsay. You know Gordon Ramsay when he does his Hell's Kitchen, no, his Kitchen Nightmares, and he goes round, and as soon as he's ticked off that restaurant, they always close within six months. Mm. But good to know that he and I have the same sort of kiss of death <laughs> approach. <laughs> Where's your favourite place up north? I'm going to, heart on my sleeve, say it's Harrogate. It's a posh part of the north. It's the posh north. <laughs> it's yeah. exactly the sort of place uh, that an Eton boy would love to go for the day. <laughs> Just uh, Yeah, Harrogate seems like the sort of place you could go and then say to another northerner, I saw some of your lot. Last weekend, that, well, um, you, your lot's exactly the phrase I use. Um, my uh, my best friend from uni, Matt. He's an Idadale man, and he is quite simply, I think, I think the best man that I that I know. Aww. Is that linked to him being a Yorkshireman? But I'm sure it's partly that. But he is brilliant, and he's um, he's from uh, near, near Pateley Bridge, or as I would have known it before him, Harrogate, or Lovely. as I truthfully would have known it before him, sort of Leeds. <laughs> Um, or indeed, as you'd probably like me to say just for this podcast, he's just from the north, the big blob that I'd yes. never really sort of thought about. Close your eyes in the back of the car. We'll be in Scotland soon. <laughs> as Dad would say, there is nothing between Watford Gap and T-Bay. Just foot down on the gas. Yeah, 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 yeah. Screaming I'll take the fine, done. he said. I'll take whatever fine they give me. But um, uh, two weeks ago, I was uh, doing a gig for Maisie Adam in oh, Harrogate, yeah. the Harrogate Theatre. Lovely. Oh, yeah. uh, Matt, I had a fantastic uh, meal with him before the gig at Betty's Tea Rooms in Harrogate. Lovely. And I'm going to, I'm going to write it up. I'm going to write a thousand words about it in the style of um, Lunch with the Financial Times. Ooh. Because I was at home in uh, Wiltshire, not relevant, for this podcast the day before. And my friend Ed, who's from Liverpool, actually, so I'm absolutely brimming with these chats. He's, he told me to start reading Lunch with the FT a bit more. He said it was his favourite feature in journalism and it was always a good read. And that week's Lunch with the FT was an interview with the Shadow Chancellor, Rachel Reeves, MP for, I believe, Leeds East, in, in Betty's Tea Rooms in Harrogate. And I was reading it going, I'm going to be in Harrogate tomorrow. There's only one thing for it, to have tea with my best friend at Betty's Tea Rooms, record the whole thing on my phone, and then write it up in the style of lunch with the FT. Yes. So we had, the, we had such a nice tea at Betty's Tea Rooms, not in the Spindler Room, which was uh, where Rachel Reeves had her tea, but that bit was closed when we were there, and you can't force them to open a room of a tea rooms just so you can do a tribute lunch with the FT. Um, <laughs> But I had the haddock fish cake, much like Rachel Reeves. Matt had some cinnamon toast because he said it reminded him of his childhood. And I said, it was fine. <laughs> that feels like an odd combination of food. Oh, yeah. It, was, it, it looked weird. If one person's having a haddock fish cake and the other one's having cinnamon toast. Yeah. 
Sounds like you were there at different times. Yeah, uh, he was very generously giving me bites of his cinnamon toast in between my fish cakes. What, what, a, what a quaint pair we, we must have looked. Um, but unfortunately, some of the shine has been taken off it by the fact that Rachel Reeves, she wrote a book, very hardworking show chancellor. She boasted in her lunch with the FT, and we discussed in our FT lunch the fact that she'd written, I think on holiday, a book called The Women Who Made Modern Economics. And um, and this week, there's been a story about how that, that work was largely plagiarised. <gasps> Oh, yes. Oh. So I'm afraid this was all a very long way around to saying that, um, uh, you know, I, I support the North and its politicians, but one, a, a prominent Northern politician has this week uh, been found to be control C and Ving a little bit more of mm. their uh, of their women who made modern economics oh, than they might have claimed yeah. in Betty's tea rooms. Oh, it's a scandal. Wow. Well, no is one is going to be able to say that you plagiarised the write-up of your Betty's TV <laughs> with your friend that you're gifting That's him as a present. great idea, Ian. That would be very self-referential if I just copy and paste some of the original piece. That's very meta. Perfect. Just asking, have you, um, have you had anything else about the North you, um, you were desperate to get off your chest? <laughs> I, thought, I thought Yorkshire Sculpture Park last week... <gasps> That's where I went to university. At the sculpture park? At the sculpture park. What? Yeah, Bretton Hall University. Well, college. Bretton Hall College is in the Yorkshire Sculpture Park. Wow. Have you, have you like, downed things in the Yorkshire Sculpture Park? 100%. I've downed things. I've had things up me. Oh, really? All in wow. the Yorkshire Sculpture Park. We've had different experiences. <laughs> I wasn't downing my gnocchi. It was um, it was it was a fantastic but quite small portion. Mm. I was savouring every morsel, and it wasn't going in you. And uh, it was going in me, but it wasn't going up for me. It wasn't going up, up him. No, no, it was going down. Unless you're doing eating, doing a headstand. But why would you? Why would you? Sometimes it feels like you're standing on your head when you get outside the M25. Um, <laughs> don't know. Don't really know what that means. But, uh, I'm vaguely on brand. Yeah. That's the bit we're going to clip up for the train. That'll do. We've got him. Yeah, absolutely. I'll t- yeah, it'll take a while, but I'll always give you the sentence you need eventually. Before you go, Ivor, is there anything um, you would like to talk about? Well, I do a, a podcast with my friend Alex Keeley, um, Brackett Southern. He's a Hampshire boy. I'm from Wiltshire, but we've, we've put our differences aside oh, good to talk you. about music every week. We've done lots of northern bands, actually, for the podcast, including oh. the Monkeys and their fellow men of Sheffield, uh, Pulp. But we haven't actually watched a gig for the podcast yet up north. So hopefully we'll do that. Although realistically, um, we, it probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we look forward to being invited on, Ivor, actually. Would you insist upon uh, it being an, a northern-based gig? No, mm. Ivor, I don't want to travel far from my house for a podcast. Yeah, well, that's it. Even we're, we're to see London-based comedians you, you at the end boys. of the day. Yeah, well, we'll come, me and Ian will come on as a pair. Um, well, thank you for joining us, Ivor. Thank you very, very much for having me. If you want to see Ivor, just check the CCTV footage at any Swindon Town away day where he'll be absolutely beating the shit out of a rival a rival group of fans. There was a video of me on Quest TV nearly jumping over the hoardings at, at Berry. I was so proud. I clipped it up and retweeted it. It proved a lot of people wrong. Yeah, so check out that video. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Ivo. It's been a treat to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Have a nice day and good luck to Swindon. Goodbye.
Yes. Brilliant. Well, there has been, it'll be a little while ago now, but I found the article and I just loved it. So there's a programme. So this is on Channel 5, if you can believe it. One, two, three, four. Yeah, five. Yeah. On Channel 5, there is a programme called Bargain Loving Brits in the Sun. Oh, yeah. I think you heard I of mean, it? Yeah. What a title that is. It's a Bargain lot to Loving Brits in the Sun. Mm. It feels like too many words for well, my ears. I think if you just call it bargain loving Brits, you're just thinking, well, it's in the supermarket, the yeah. reduction section going, ah, one pound off that quiche. Yeah, like, I want to watch that. Yeah. But what about just Brits in the sun? What are they doing in the sun, though? Oh, it's a good are they question. spending too much money? Oh, yeah. I want to know if they're looking for bargains or not. Well, maybe this is the, the, the most succinct way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. Channel 5's bargain-loving Brits in the sun. It rolls off the tongue, actually, doesn't it, after a few times. Um, a man from Hull's been on it. Oh, nice. Yeah. And the, the headline is Benidorm Barmy. I love the word barmy. Yeah. Oh, he's absolutely barmy about that. Benidorm Barmy Hull performer on Channel 5's bargain-loving Brits in the sun as he bids to crack the resort. So uh, there's, a, there's a guy um, who calls himself his stage name uh, so his name's Andy, but his stage name, I don't know how he sort of picked it, but his stage name is Andy the Performer. <laughs> oh, my God. That's the worst <laughs> stage name I've oh, ever no, heard in my I've, life. <laughs> no, I've got it wrong. I've got oh. it wrong. My apologies. They have described him in the article as Andy the Performer. Oh, right. His stage name, very different, is Andy the Entertainer. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> it's a whole new level. <laughs> At least there's almost alliteration. Almost. Yeah, it is better than Andy the, the Entertainer. Because yeah. that just sounds like so vague. Yeah, but Andy entertainment is obviously laser focused. Yeah. <laughs> but at least the entertainment is like we are being entertained. Yeah. The performer is just he's doing something. True. Doesn't have to be good. Yeah, true. True that. Um, well, Andy the Entertainer. He's been on this show, he's from Hull, and he's got a, a mad passion, they've described it as, in inverted commas, I don't really understand why. He's got a mad passion for being a professional singer in mm. Spain. Specifically, he wants to crack the Spanish market. Yeah, and why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? It's a big old market to crack. So it says, he's 61, he says he's made a living out of making people smile. Oh. Doesn't say where or how, uh, but that's fine. Um, but he's looking for new horizons in Benidorm. And he's appeared on this Channel 5 show, say it with me, Baggy Loving Brits in the Sun. And uh, he's trying to fulfil his dreams of making it big in the resort game. Mm. Have you ever been to a resort? No, I've done some gigs in a resort in Have Turkey. You? Ian the Entertainer? Yes. Is that what you were That's what I call myself. Oh, wow. I just call myself Ian the Man on Stage. Oh, yeah. Trying to make it as vague as possible. And what, all fair, that's in it? Yeah. Ian, the man on stage trying to make it as vague as possible, is <laughs> on bargain loving yeah. Brits in the sun. By the way, those gigs went, you couldn't have called me in the entertainment. <laughs> Ian, they're talking to some drunk people who were so full of saffron-infused mash, they couldn't get <laughs> they couldn't get any noise out of their mouths. Oh, I love that mash. Lovely mash. Oh, lovely mash. That's all I really remember about those gigs. It, it was worth it. Yeah. Going, yeah. I've been to a resort and the entertainment, I went to Tenerife and the mm. entertainment was uh, 
a woman in a coat. She didn't take her coat off. And she sat on a stool and she had like a little karaoke machine with a microphone and she was reading the lyrics off her laptop. And it was one of the greatest things I've ever seen because she was singing songs that she'd clearly never heard before mm. and just reading the words. So it was all the right words at kind of the right time. But the tune was nowhere near what what you was expecting. But it was brilliant. Like, it was like, dancing queen, young and sweet, only 17, if you know what I mean. It's the dancing queen. She can't even join in. She'd be like all over. No, and all the people at the hotel were sort of British. Mm. And do you know when you feel like, give, give someone else a go? Or take your coat off. Yeah. Or stand up. At least up. take your coat off. It was the fact that she sat on a stool in a coat. Do you know? <laughs> and it was it was sort of wonderful to watch. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd describe it as good. Certainly not as good as Andy the Entertainer. Oh, no. It's promising to be. He's always been an entertainer. Well, this is a quote from him, which I love, right? <laughs> he says, I've always been an entertainer. Where? In my mind. Oh, right. That's interesting, isn't it? I guess that's where you start off, is it? I guess everybody starts off in their mind. Mm. It's sort of, yeah, it's beautiful, really. Just sat in his own house, just <laughs> pop his eyes closed <laughs> and just daydream about entertaining people. Um, so he's always been an entertainer in his mind. Uh, he only took it up about seven years before lockdown. He gave up his job about six months ago. And then since then, he went on TV, he went on this programme, but he's been saying he's getting loads and loads of work. Oh, he's just done a tour. So what's this article? He's doing bragging? Yeah, pretty much. He's, uh, he's gone back. He's gone back to Benidorm since the show and he's, helped, and he's recording a music video there. Well, good on you. I've forgotten your first name, The Entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> Terry's Chocolate Orange. Do you have... A story from Google this week. No. Okay. And don't ask me again. Right. Um. No. I'm... Well, that's the end of the pod. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Please, Amy, let me get a word in. <laughs> um. Sometimes not a lot happens in Google, and when that's the case, we like to get a listener story in. Oh yeah. So we've got this story sent in by Andy, and here's the headline for Shout you. Shout out to Andy. Andy. Oh, don't. Fiat five hundred pranksters. Squirt multiple women with mystery liquid in drive-by attacks. Oh, please. This could go either way. They say they were walking along the pavement when they were suddenly drenched through the window of a car. It is believed the liquid was harmless water. Oh, thank goodness. I guess no need to read on then. No jeopardy there then. (laughs) Save that to the end. (laughs) This is written by Hayley Parker. Leave a little bit for the end. Do you know what that reminds me of? I once saw a burlesque act, right? And you know the it's like quite a common act where you the lady's like nudie mm. or with knickers on or whatever, but she's covered in balloons. Oh yeah. And then you oh, pop yeah. you pop the balloons like one at a time, you know, and you get you leave the risque bits to the end, mm. right? Well, this performer, I think she was new, she had all these balloons around and she came on. Instantly popped her two titty ones <laughs> and then spent like this eight minute song just like popping one near her shoulder, popping one near her elbow. And it was like, what are you doing? Everyone's just like, we've seen what we want to see. <laughs> I just 
thought, oh, that's a, that's a mistake. Yeah. But this is what it feels like Haley's done in the article. She's, yeah. she's instantly, for want of a better word, spaffed a load. She's popped her journalistic tip balloons. <laughs> <laughs> and now we can see everything. <laughs> but don't worry, Amy. Here's a bit of elbow for oh, you. Oh, go on. Give us a bit of... Gives a bit of elbow. Among those to get a soaking included Lucy Twentyman, who was making her way down Lawton Road when she was hit in the face. Ooh. The 25-year-old said, I was walking down the road from Church Lawton. Does she say, then I get hit in the face? Then I got hit in the <laughs> yeah, face? It's pretty much this article. Oh, Lucy Twentyman, who was making her way down Lawton Road shortly after 6pm, said, I was walking down the road from Church Lawton, <laughs> just near the lights, and it were a white Fiat. I didn't see the driver, unfortunately. They sprayed the liquid at my face. It wasn't sticky or anything, so I'm assuming water. Again? Another couple were targeted in Crew Road. Urging people to be aware, the women wrote on Facebook, I'm absolutely fuming. As I was walking down the road, a white Fiat 500 passed me and my husband, and we were squirted with liquid, which went all over us and straight into my eyes. Thankfully, we think it was just water. But it came as a shock. Everyone is like... <laughs> I spread with a mystery liquid that I think is water. It's not a mystery if everyone thinks it was water. That's so funny. <laughs> a third victim. This better fucking not. Um, I was walking past a pharmacy on the main road. And the same thing happened to me. It went on my face, my hair and all over my clothes. They shouted something beforehand, but I didn't hear what it was. Just that it ended with, darling. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> darling. <laughs> I was disgusted with the behaviour and grateful it wasn't something much more harmful. Oh, God. I wonder what they're shouting then. Don't worry, this is just regular water, darling. <laughs> It'll have been something re- annoying. Cockney like again, banter. obviously, for Stoke on Trent. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what a Stoke accent is. Um, Like Robbie Williams. Have you watched his documentary? No, no, I haven't. Mm. He's talking about... Perform performer's anxiety, mm. and that really hit home. I wouldn't know what that is. No, thankfully, I never get nervous. Do no. you get nervous? Yeah. Do you? Uh, before every gig, some gigs? No, some gigs. Yeah. Some gigs. I get a bit nervous, I think, before every gig. Mm. And I know when I've gigged too much that week or I'm too tired, because I'll be on stage and I'll be like, oh, I don't feel anything. <laughs> Yeah, 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 And you go, oh, I don't think this is a good thing. When someone heckles, like, and I'm a bit bored, because I'm maybe gigged, like, <laughs> too many nights in a row. A someone bored. heckled me and I just went, and didn't get a big laugh from the audience. And I was like, yeah, that hasn't really worked, has it? <laughs> I just went, I think you've got to remember that your opinion means nothing to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, meaning that individual, but I think it comes across like I was saying to the audience. Wow. I don't care what you think, but I do. It was at a members club in London. And he heckled about Ooh. my northern accent oh. in a way that just made me think, like, um, I don't really give a fuck. And it like just made derogatory. Me think, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ooh. I was just like, your opinion means nothing to me. Not a funny reply, but just a, a completely honest reply. I love that. that. I was like, you could say anything to me and I just don't respect you. Oh, my God. Um, and do you know what? I bet in a members club, but that type of person never gets told no. Yeah, And yeah. I bet he actually loved that. Yeah. I bet that got his heart racing like he yeah. hasn't raced in 20 Ooh. years. Tell me no again, working Tell me no class again. boy. That's it, boy. <laughs> Come and boy, turn me down. Tell me you can't clean me chimney this week. <laughs> Tell me you can, but you won't. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're not even fully booked, you're just not coming. <laughs> <laughs> but I am. 
Wow. Oh. Mystery liquid. Yeah, they've all got wet. They've People all got wet. wet. It's just water, though. Chill People out. But a Fiat 500... Yeah, keep your eyes peeled. Keep your eyes peeled. But that feels like uh, kids, doesn't it? Not kid, not like eight-year-old kids. Yeah. But it feels like a first car kind of car. It's a classic prankster car, a Fiat 500. It's a prankster car. Listen, if teens, you see a prankster clowns. car... Yeah, teens, clowns, and teenage clowns. And teenage clowns. Yep. If you go near a Fiat 500, you're asking for a soaking. Really? I'm sorry. I think you're victim blaming. Oh, um, <laughs> Um, sorry, everyone. <laughs> we shouldn't be blaming the, the wet heads. We should be blaming the Fiat 500s. Yeah. I'm saying you should expect it yeah. from that level of dross. So, sure. Yeah. Those yeah, yeah, yeah. sorts of twats. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. What was your first car? I don't have a car. I just learned to drive and then did fuck all with it. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. What a way to live. Yep. What a way to be. And I can't be. remember the brand or type of car I passed in or Amazing. any car I've driven in since I've rented. How long ago did you pass? Seven years ago, Amazing. eight years ago, maybe. And you travel all over the country and you've never thought, yeah. I get a Fiat 500. Just trains. <laughs> Choo-choo's for me. Choo-choo's for you? Yep. Wow, okay. Well, there you have it. People are wetting stuck on Trent. People are nicking tablets and... Taking them back. The North's gone mad this episode. It's quite a shameful episode of the North. <laughs> Might next week we'll do some more positive stories. Yeah. But we're, we're not shying away from the fact that there are criminals up north. We had um, Andy the Entertainer. That's positive. Oh, yeah. It's we're criminals, but we're singing, we're dancing ba, while ba, we're doing ba, it. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, it's all all right. We're at Benidorm. We're having a lovely time. Um, we hope you had a lovely time listening. Yeah. We had a lovely time doing it. Yes. And do remember, you can subscribe to Patreon and Apple Subs for a little bit of bonus content. Yeah, please do it. It really does help support the podcast mm. and gives us a reason to chat to each other even more. Yes. Thank God, because <laughs> nobody else will listen. And thanks to our special guest, Ivor Graham. What a special guest. You've got to go see Ivor live. You've got to. If you're hearing this, you've got to now. <laughs> you've, you've got to because you've heard it. It's like one of them, do you remember them emails that you'd get sent on? If you don't forward this to five people, an angel will curse you. Yeah. Well, there you go. You've heard it here first. An angel's cursing you. Unless you book tickets for Ivo Graham's incredible show. Buy a ticket, pass that threat on to five other people. <laughs> we'll sell out his tour in no time. <laughs> and thank you to you, <laughs> Thank the you to you, the listener. And thank you to you, Ian. Thank you and thank you to you, Amy. You're welcome. You're very, very welcome. And we'll see you again next week. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hello everyone, it's Ian Smith here from Northern News, the podcast you are currently listening to. And I'm here to tell you that I'm recording my multi-award-nominated solo show, Crushing, on Tuesday the 4th of June at the Pleasance Theatre in London. But I'd love to see some Northern News listeners there. We're recording this show, it's going to live online forever. So the more supportive a crowd, the better. Hope to see you there!